Welcome to Chaos to Control, the podcast that's dedicated to helping you navigate that ever-changing landscape of business and remote work. Hello, I'm Tifa Scarborough, your host, CEO of Powerful Assistance. Joining me are my lovely co-hosts, fellow Chaos Coordinators and team members, Casey, our Director of Operations, and Cora, our Operations Manager. In each episode, we blend insightful strategies with a conversational touch to empower you to adapt, pivot, and thrive amidst the chaos of today's work environment. Whether you're a small business owner, a CEO, or someone looking to make the most of remote work, this podcast is your go-to resource. Anticipate the unexpected, even prepare for it, as we dove into success stories, case studies, and actionable insights that you can apply to your own business. We're here to equip you with the knowledge and the tools you need to stay ahead in today's dynamic business world. So whether you're tuning in during your commute or your well-deserved coffee break, thank you for choosing Chaos to Control as your source of inspiration and education. Let's get started on this journey from chaos to control, one strategy at a time. Welcome to Chaos to Control podcast. This is episode one, transformation from hesitation to delegation success. Welcome everyone. Hey, my name is Casey Almeida and I am the director of operations for PowerPro Assistance. Hi, I'm Cora Williams and I'm the op operation manager for PowerPro Assistant. We're just going to dive into it. If you have any questions, we're going to have some engaging questions as well. So you can chime in wherever you are tuning in from and we will engage with everyone. Okay. So we, this is going to be our first live episode. And what we're going to do is set a quarterly theme so that we can work our way through the deep topics. So the first one is going to be the importance of delegation. And we're starting off this episode with transforming hesitation into delegation success. So conquering those common fears of outsourcing. Tikwa, why is delegation so essential when it comes to achieving success in business? First, I want to start off is that I was always a perfectionist. I'm starting in the corporate office when you have to learn things on your own and you know you want things done your way so when i became a supervisor i didn't know how to delegate i didn't know how to delegate i didn't want to delegate because i wanted things done my way but what happened i had two roles being a a senior executive assistant and also a supervisor i have no choice but to delegate but i'm gonna tell you this there was some fear but also success. And this is how I was able to get six of the admins as a first-time supervisor all promoted under my supervision because of the art of delegation. Uh, We can't do everything ourselves. And in order for us to be successful, we have to invite others in who has a specific genius or specific um, zone of genius uh, in particular areas in your business that you need. So working with PowerPro, delegation is not one of my strongest suits either. I tend to either, if I can do it, go ahead and spend the five minutes doing it or, oops, it's somewhere in there. So Tequa has definitely helped me to understand that with delegation comes the room for growth. I am a 
self-proclaimed perfectionist, which in 2024, I will be imperfectly perfect. And with that, you do have to, you got to, you know, oil the muscle. And so asking for help is not a sign of weakness as much as it is if you're the only one in FYI, I am also a business owner. So while I also work for Power Pro, I also run my own business. So with wearing the two hats, you got to call in a favor every now and then. And so learning how to delegate in making the request clear, because there's a difference to hand over a task and then make a request with the task and it's clear. So she taught me to teach people to, to set them up for success not just, hey, check my email. Okay, but what am I checking it for? So it's been great. And I would say that I am a lot like Tequa in many ways we have come to find out over the couple and a half years. So I always thought that I was just really not good at delegating, same way that she started out, but she's become an expert delegator. Just going to throw that out there. She has the expert delegation badge that she wears. And <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, you go and you assign it. She figures out how to assign it right back because she just is automatically delegating all the time. So it's something she's mastered over the years for sure. I realized that I had a lot of the common fears that we're going to kind of speak on during this episode, like just wanting, like it's easier and it's faster just to do it yourself than to gather all the, spend the time delegating it and training. But what we've come to realize that once we implemented oh, all of the solutions that we found really addresses all of those concerns, then we're able to delegate much better, much easier, and it streamlines our processes and it makes us much more productive and efficient in the long run. It certainly does. And I know that the ladies sometimes will look at me as like, because sometimes you got to push people out of their comfort zone. And I know that I have been pushed out of my comfort zone plenty of times. So I'm also an expert at that. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm paying it forward. <laughs> you see, you see Cora face. <laughs> She's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> but, FYI, the yes. podcast. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, y'all know, y'all know. But this is another way of pulling things out. But the delegation, when, when it starts pulling things together, the team, as you can see, as you get to know us, you're going to see how we all work well together just by our conversations and joking. And just like they said, hence the uh, FYI, the podcast, because they in sync, we all in sync. <laughs> and that's what you want your team to be. You want your team to be in sync. When we talk about the, the common fears, the fear of losing control, that is something that you will lose if you don't delegate. I know when I first started my business, I did it by myself. This was supposed to be an agency, but I started out with just me doing everything. A full-time job, guys, <laughs> a single mother, <laughs> a coach, and also have the responsibility of a virtual assistant agency. That is room for errors. You're the quality of work going down as well. And then also burnout. We, we could talk about that and we could talk about that on another podcast, but definitely burnout. So these are a lot of things that that can happen. So I know that when Casey came along on, on the team 
And she just came in as a, a virtual assistant, assisting one of the clients, and she moved up in the business. And now she's a director of operations. So she had to learn the art of delegation. And I think that that was that was tough for her. <laughs> it was very tough for her because it still is. Yeah, is. Um, no, just a little bit about what address exactly what Tiqua started out with is if your concern is loss of control. When you delegate, you are going to lose control. So it's a catch-22. You're either going to lose control of your whole business, trying to do it all yourself, or you're going to be able to manage the loss of control when you delegate in the proper way, the most efficient way, into people that are skilled to handle that task that you're delegating, as well as be able to train efficiently so that you get it done in the way that you want it done. You're going to lose control either way. You just choose. Do you want to lose control of your whole business? Or do you want to lose control to someone that you can trust to take on the task? Mm, that is good. That's a question that we want to ask the audience. <laughs> we would love to hear your feedback on what just Casey just said. Because that the fear of losing control can really define it as losing control of your business and not having a business at all or just losing clients because the quality went down. That's the next thing, right? Affairs of the, the quality concerns. We redeem ourselves as perfectionists, but we, again, you can't do it all. You're going to get burned out at some point and the quality of your work is going to go down. And we don't want that. We want to stay in our zone of genius. We don't want our quality of work to go down. This is why I prayerfully prayed for a team because I couldn't do it by myself. And the quality, I wasn't able to deliver the quality because I was either tired, I had to do things with my son, or he was sick, or things were happening. So either the deadline had to be extended, or they didn't get it because I was trying to meet the deadline because they needed to meet a deadline. So the quality of your work will go down. I want to hand it over to Cora because to address my own question <laughs> was if you'd rather lose control as a whole or if you'd rather hand it over to someone you trust, once you get used to working with someone and you build that trust and you know what each other's skill sets are, like if I go and I delegate something or, you know, I still struggle with those things just as everyone will. And even if you become an expert at it, like Tiko, you're still going to have those struggles all throughout. So even though we've implemented solutions and we've gotten better at that, even when I delegate and I don't get the result that I may have liked, Cora gets it. <laughs> so it's one of those things that it's just like, well, I love it. You know, I trust Cora to do it. So, you know, you also have to build that trust with the team as well. Well, I think it also helps the fact of because you're not comfortable delegating, you can feel safe to make those oopsies mistakes. And so it's no it's a no judgment zone. So there's sometimes I know you need help and I'll just sit there and wait and be like, so what are you doing today? And she'll give me the whole list. And I'm like, oh, okay, so where are you starting? And she finally catches on like by the fifth question that I'm like, so do you need, and I will never say, oh, do you need help? And she'd be like, are you comfortable helping me with this? And some of the times I have no idea. My girl Casey is great with design in tech. That ain't always my lane of genius. However, when we she can gives me that great <laughs> true, but when she gives me that great outline, you know, that clear expectation where you tell what you want, 
I can deliver. And so sometimes it's not necessarily me completing the whole project. Sometimes it's just like, hey, can I get you started and you can finish the rest? Or, and then sometimes it's like, I started it and I just need you to go back in and change the colors or edit it this part so that I can move on to the next. And as a business owner, I'm not gonna lie. We always think that we can do it best. And that might be true. However, do you want time or money? Because if you doing it, that means it's taking a whole lot of your time. So you making less money. Or you could pay somebody to do it and get your time back to make more money. Exactly. Even if you love it. I realize I like my I, I like my time a little bit more with my little cutie. My get little back to that zone money. of genius, you know? Yeah. And then stuff for Casey be like five minutes. And then there's some stuff for me. It's like five minutes. And she'd be like, I was working on that all day. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you had to do is say help. <laughs> yeah. She'll be like, you've been quiet. Give me your list. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I think that the uh, the good thing about our team is that we know each other so well. So we kind of like work around it to make you feel like, well, ask me but without saying it. And then also reading the room. So, you know, if Casey's real quiet, <laughs> that's it. It's either she's stressed <laughs> or she's really focused in her creativity. We, we know those signs and we pick up on those things. So this is where we need to pick up um, where, you know, others leave off at or chime in and help and say, hey, do you need, need some help? But if you don't have a team, then that's when you have to reach out and find the qualified people to do that. And by doing that, you have to be prepared. And we'll definitely talk about this on other podcasts, but that's where the training comes in, the SOPs come in and having that ready so that you can delegate. So you still have to do some training. Please have it ready. (laughs) (laughs) You still have to do some training, but not as much because you already wrote the process down. You got it out of your head and you put it on the paper and now you can delegate that um, assignment or that task or project to someone and do a little bit of training. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, but it's going to be worth it in the long run because now you train them. They got the process. They got the step-by-step and they can run with it and do it just like you do it. Just as good or maybe even better. So also what comes with that is communication challenges. So (laughs) not everybody thinks the same. Yeah. So when you are requesting something, you must kind of consider that they may not have as much information as you. They may not know the backstory. And there are some tasks that it does require. If I'm marketing your brand, There's the backstory. However, if I'm doing your admin tasks, such as we are going, you want me to clean out your email, it may not be a background story, but there's preference. There are some people who they cannot have emails in their inbox. That is a freak out moment for them. Then there's me where it's like, yep, I know you're in there. I'll get to you when I get to you. And so that may not be, my preference may be like, just go in there and get the actionable emails but you have to be clear. And then you have to also realize what is constitute an emergency for you because of your lack of planning does not always constitute an emergency or urgency for me in the deliverance. Don't 
If you know my business hours is nine to five, don't send me an email. You can send me an email at 535. Just know it's not going to be responded until the next day at nine o'clock. And making sure that that's communicated up front and setting clear boundaries. Yes. So I think that also, if you're new to delegation, that communication piece is going to be the biggest part of the delegation because no one can read your mind. And believe me, I've been uh, in the admin role for over 20 something years. And you have those ones that really, truly believe that you can read their mind and you cannot. You didn't anticipate this move? No. You know what I'm saying? There are certain things that you can anticipate because you're learning, you you know that person. So it's a relationship. It's a built relationship. You can't expect that you in a chaos, you hire somebody to join you in that chaos and that things are going to run smoothly because, oh, this is, this is, this is your expertise here. I'm going to give you this. This is the, the SOPs. Do, do, do what you got to do. I, I have to get this done. And then you have all this chaos going on and now you roped somebody else in into that chaos because you didn't communicate well. And I'm speaking to those who may not know how to delegate and know how to communicate. So when you communicate with someone, you have to make sure that one, we talked about SOPs, right? Having a step-by-step guidance, that written part. And then you also got to consider maybe written, this is what you ask the person, how, what is your learning style? How, how, how best can I communicate with you? It may be audio. Right. It may be audio. It may be video. It may be written step-by-step or maybe visuals where there's, is a, a, a chart flow on it for the process. You also have to consider that as well as communication. This is why asking those questions up front, especially when you're going to be delegating something and then you, you run into this, this barrier because you didn't ask those questions up front and the person that you hire, yes, they're good at what they do, but the communication, it was a communication barrier because you didn't ask them what was their learning style. And then it also is the responsibility of the other person to let you know as well. It's like, well, I do best with videos. Or I do best with written um, step-by-step guidance and stuff like that. And this is how you can prepare your team because not everybody's going to be reading and not everybody's going to do video. So you have to do a mixture of those things to, um, to convey your message or whatever it is that you are delegating to your team. You remember, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What'd you say, Casey? You have to be self-aware of that too. Like a lot of people when they have, like they run into those roadblocks, they truly do not know why and they don't understand. And they really feel like they gave the message, like Mm -hmm. that you received it in the way that they delivered it. And like, they have to be self-aware. And so attending things like this, like this podcast on certain topics and focus on professional development and self-development and really understanding how you work and how you work with others is going to benefit the team and the business overall. And because the communication challenges and the loss of control really go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. you're able to kind of hand over that control versus losing the control if your communication is good. If you're communicating properly and with the way that the person best receives it, you know, because there's been times too, you know, especially like me and Corey, we didn't learn each other overnight. (laughs) That doesn't happen. But having to figure out like, just because I gave it, that doesn't mean how she receives it. So asking like, is there anything missing? 
and being able to receive feedback. So on the virtual assistance end, that's very important is to be able to receive the feedback and not, not defensively because there's something, the only way that me and Cora improve on like the delegation piece is like, tell me what was missing and why <laughs> so that I know what I can do and learn from the next time I do that. And then that saves us all time in the end. Exactly. They love me because I ask questions. Yeah, <laughs> questions. I don't mind the questions. questions. I mind more. She was like, how did you get, where did this question come from? I was like, well, remember when you asked me to do this assignment? I didn't really understand it. So I went to go see if I didn't understand it or if the information wasn't clear. I just didn't understand it. And so she was like, why didn't you just ask me? I was like, and sometimes it is the responsibility of the virtual assistant to do some of the legwork. Not... It is not going to be the business owner's responsibility to give you everything. If it some of it, you can go and read. If it's going to take you about five seconds to go research, please do a little bit of the research ahead of time. However, you may have to, if you're in a, if it's a new industry to you, if I've never done IT and I go and help somebody in IT, there's going to be some, some terms I'm going to need to brush up on because they're going to use it often and I have no idea what they're talking about. That's a go brush up. However, if they're giving you a step-by-step -step manual of how to edit this document for them, you might have some follow-up questions. But Casey has taught me very well how to find some answers when I didn't think there was answers. Mm -hmm. I, I like what you said is that it's not the responsibility of the, the client. It's also the virtual assistant. Because even though we are not on the W-2 payment, right? A salary we're on um, hourly or retainers. But it's still, when we go back to that quality of work and giving that quality of work to a client, and even if a client does give you something and it requires a little research, it's not for you to go back and say, well, this is your responsibility. You only have this amount of hours and I need to know what is the missing holes from this. This is where our expertise come in. We're the problem solvers. We have to solve those problems. And if it takes us a little more time to just go research, because that's going to save us time for the next client. It's going to save us time for the next project that they probably want to assign. And that's going to require that same information. So just that little extra legwork is not going to kill you. <laughs> but it's also going to show that you're going above and beyond to make sure that you're delivering the, the task or the project. and then also the quality of it. That's hey, all I want to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my next question then, Tiqua, is what are some of the recommended solutions are there to address the concerns? I know we spoke on a little bit of them just in conversation, but like what are those main solutions? Well, one of the solutions is um, having a clear, defined scope and expectations. When it comes to delegation, it's not about, again, just giving them that and giving them a little training, but also having that conversation and giving them the clear, defined scope of the work or the project or just the overall of we're going to be working together as a, as a partner. So I need to know and I need to get that defined. And then also, what are the expectations? Because we always say, what are the expectations um, of the client? But in turn, we also have to say what is our expectations as well. It's a two-way street. So on both ends, it should be 
clear expectations on both parts. And then also understanding what the scope of the task is. What's the scope of the um, the project? What is the expectations of the outcome? The specific deliverables that, that need to be made. So these are the things that have to really be clearly defined up front, like Casey said earlier, in the beginning, not somewhere down the line. Because once you know ahead of time, then now we're working towards giving that quality of service because you already know what the scope is. You already define what, what the expectations are and things like that. And now we can work on other things. That's what she said. <laughs> no, yeah, what she said. No, we have definitely, that's something that we've made strides on in the last year. That's something that we definitely like learned our lesson from last year. Well, now we're like brand new in the new year, but, you know, we made a lot of changes this year based on that solely because it really, truly makes a difference. You don't know what work to delegate. You don't know how to delegate and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing if you don't have that information. And then that's where those expectations get like too high because they're not clear. It's like you want to fully deliver on what your client's like expectation is. You can't do that unless you know what it is. Mm -hmm. So being really, really clear with that. And that just goes directly into the regular communication. You need to have like regular check-ins. You need to address the concerns that those clients like have. And, you know, and this not just speaking from a virtual assistant point of view, this is just business in general. Like if you are collaborating with someone, you need to have that regular communication and clear guidelines to make sure everyone's in alignment. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be um, throughout the, the relationship, but it's very important to have it at the beginning. I know even before starting this business, I knew what the expectation was as an assistant. And I have everybody, every assistant does things different, but I know that if I had a new CEO or a new executive that was coming in, I knew ahead of time that this was a new hire. So I had things in place before he or she came. And one of them was, I'm putting a meeting on your calendar because I already got access to it. So I'm putting it on your calendar so that I can, one, go back to clearly define the scope and the expectations of me as your assistant, and then also give you my expectations of what I expect from you as well as a partnership. And then also having those regular check-ins as well, whether it's a monthly, a weekly, but if it's someone new, I, I highly advise doing maybe just like a 15, 20 check-in every week until you and your new partner um, are comfortable with the, the scope and the expectations and the training. And it, it, a lot of things going to go into that. But I also want to just talk about one of the examples of one of our clients as when we def clearly define what the scope was and the expectations and their expectations as well, how things, even though you have those expectations up front, it still doesn't follow through the relationship. Because this is why we, this podcast is called Chaos to Control, because they have this chaotic, unorganized business that they're so used to working on their own. So it doesn't matter how much communication you do, the communication is still going to get lost in the sauce because their mind is working in chaos. And when we come in, and everything is all scrambled and unorganized. It doesn't matter how many times we communicate. If you're not taking what we're saying from 
what we're telling you or suggesting, then that partnership is not going to work. Definitely. <laughs> you already know I agree. That here's the thing. Here goes like feel, that is why we streamlined. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not. I don't feel that is that that is the reason why we streamlined <laughs> because I felt that business owners you you want the most for your money with the least. However, when you are having someone in your business, this is not like when you go to Walmart. I go get my food and I leave. This is in order for me to help you be successful, I still need some work from you, which means you're going to have to talk to me at least every so often. And we have to, and I get it. Not everybody's techie. Not everybody likes all tools, but even from the virtual assistant who's as their business and the business owner they're partnering with. You have to have at least one tool that y'all both can agree on to con- have that continual communication so that, one, I'm not having to search five different spots from, okay, so, well, I, I message you. Well, okay, well, was it in my email? Was it on Slack? Was it in my text message? What? No. Then on top of that, communication is key because I may have started off as your lonely virtual assistant at 10 hours. As your business grew, you were like, hey, I want you to grow with me. So now my job has also changed, which you are now creating more responsibilities. And we need to now have a different conversation because I'm not just checking your email. Now you're saying, I know you enough to trust you enough to make certain decisions. These are the decisions I'm entrusting you to make on my behalf. These are the ones that like, you can give me your top three, but come back. I'll make the final. And this is the, just go ahead and send it my way. So you have to have those communications in like anything in life. There's some partnerships. We were great in the beginning. And now we're, because your business may have changed. Power Pro evolved. Our business changed. And so certain people are going to come with in some not so much. And that is a-okay. However, it doesn't work if you're, diction, you're dodging my calls or you're diction my emails. I can't help you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's that's a, a good point with having a clear, that's where it goes back into defining the scope and defining the expectations. If we said in the beginning, are there any uh, suggested tools that you like right? That may be in the realm of what we offer, but we can make an adjustment, right? Because we know that all business owners is not techie. We know that some people don't like Slack. Some people don't like ClickUp. Some people don't like certain things, but we need these things, these tools and necessary in order for us to be client managers. We're managing clients. You're not the only business that we're managing. So you have to meet us halfway or something. You can't say, well, I didn't get this. Yes, you got it in Slack. Um, This is what we talked about in the beginning, that that's where all your checking, that's where all everything, your in the work week list of things that were done, things that we need from you. We need you to check it so that we can move forward. We don't have time to keep going back and say that you read the the slide that you read you have the tool because we work with you in the beginning to get all that stuff set up so that you could get the notifications and we get it we get that you are busy 
But guess what? We're busy too. <laughs> and when you tell us that, oh, my business don't work like that, it's 24 seven. Okay, we get that. But you hired us to do this. And we already told you that we work from this nine time. to five. Exactly. So if there's anything that's after that, then that's on you. This is where streamlining your processes come into play. And then also when you're bringing somebody in to delegate, having all that stuff cleaned up so that it avoids all these um, issues and problems. And this is why the partnership will not work because your delegation um, skills is not working and needs some tune, some, some fine tuning. <laughs> so I definitely have notes on, in that area. <laughs> so for those that don't know, anybody that stumbles in the podcast or if someone finds it on my personal page is going to know exactly the situations. <laughs> but I started interning and working really young in the creative space, in photography and in design. And I worked with a lot of creative entrepreneurs. Creative entrepreneurs <laughs> don't start businesses wanting to start a business. They start a business wanting to do what they're passionate about and what they love. And that does not come with business sense 99.9% uh, .9 of the time. <laughs> and so it's a learned process. And so it is chaos. They think that they have to do it all themselves because they turned a hobby into a job because they're not treating it as a business until they truly learn. They are living in daily chaos on a regular consistent basis until someone steps in and says, Hey, there's a better way to do this. <laughs> or they hire someone to tell them that. <laughs> so that's where I actually shifted my focus to business operations and strategy and tech and tools. And that's how I ended up where I'm at is because I was that person that could spend the time. I was the one that they were delegating to. So I could spend the time to learn those things focus on the education, focus on the training, and then figure out how it would be best implemented for their business. And that's just not something that everybody goes into business having. Like you have, to, it goes back to being self-aware and being able to truly see where those bottlenecks and those problems lie and be able to ask for the help, which none of us are really good at, but we have to know when it's needed. So you want to give us one more um, solution? Project management tool. Do not delegate to me via email. The answer is I will not be responding. Or Why? because it gets lost or slack. Or you have, that goes back to asking the clarifying questions and you're like, okay, I read this, I understand it, I received it, but I'm putting it in our project management tool and I'm redirecting the conversation based off of what we have agreed upon. So you're covering your bases and you're redirecting the expectations because all businesses, they don't do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like you have to yeah, they do. redirect and you yeah. have to like be in alignment with those expectations and boundaries that you've set also. So that's gonna be huge when delegating. If you have said anything, a lot of people goes in the know Google Drive. Want. It goes there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We can set these expectations, but not all partnerships work out because mm -hmm. we have to sometimes train them. And mm -hmm. in the business, because it's a fast pace, 
it's really hard to train because we have other clients as well. It's different working in the office where I can train my executive, I can train my staff. And if they keep sending me something to, to another email, when I told you to send it to this email, I'm going to redirect this. Like, this is the email that I need you to. So the repetition and keep so that they know you're training them to do what you want them to do. So this is why in the beginning, we set those expectations and tell you, these are the tools. Do you have any problems with that? We can compromise on some things, but we can't compromise on doing everything in email. <laughs> things are going to get lost. And that's not where our, time. our projects are. Our projects are in project management tools. So yes, we have business owners who don't use these tools. They do projects and they do very well in email. That's the way they mind work. They, they're not, they're afraid of anything new, but as your business expands and it gets busy and then you hire a team, email is not going to work. It's going to get lost. And then you're going to get frustrated because somebody missed something. I work as a coach. I'm, I you know, manage a team and also have this VA um, business and a single mom. I can't be in my emails all the time. So if people are sending me emails, there's a certain time that I'm going to check my emails because I work a nine to five. So you won't get a response from me. And then in the evening time, when I come home, I have my child that I have to feed. I have this and I stop until I have to have. This is where time management comes in, where at a certain time, you're not going to get your email read. So this is why if there's anything that you need me to do, you better send it over to my team. Otherwise, you won't get it at all. Right? She's faithful for delegating that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the <laughs> yeah. delegation pieces. She has no problem with that. The project management tools give you time. <laughs> yes. Casey taught me that one. Thank you so much. So yeah, everything tool. into project management tools. Everything should be tracked. <laughs> so Casey is very good with that because even if you was to put it in the wrong place, she will take it and she will put it into the project management tool. It's like, okay, all right, you didn't do it. Boom, I'm doing it. It's here and so, click up. Do you want the link? Exactly. You gotta tune internally too, you know? <laughs> so basically uh, her saying that is training our minds too to get used to okay we got to put it in click up we got to do this in click up and even though i put it in because sometimes i even say oh i put it down say oh i forgot to put it in click up and then i'll put it in click up and then i put the link to the task in the slack <laughs> you still training yourself and we're training each other and this is where the delegation is going to work because you also got to be trainable that also goes into like getting to know who you're working with too, because I will say one of our previous clients, that's where my mindset kind of shifted. You know, a lot of people on the, on the VA end, I would say like the person providing the services that you're delegating, not wanting to overload you, knowing that you're a busy business owner, not wanting to like blow up your phone. It's like, I had a mindset shift when we had a previous client saying, no, put it everywhere that I could possibly see it. So that I don't miss it because I'm only going to see one. And I got used to that. And now I'm like, I will put it in three different places. And everybody's like, I got your message. And I'm like, you got it everywhere. Like, <laughs> I don't, like if it goes everywhere, you're going to see it. And so not to take things personally, to be able to take that feedback and not take things defensively, knowing that we're covering all bases. Mm hmm. Yeah. In the beginning, I took it personal, but then I realized why she did it. And I was like, okay. Because I was like, I saw the email. Okay, I got the ding on my phone. Oh, 
don't send me another message on the same project. Can we pick a different one? However, it did make me realize when we did our end of the year review, because we had a project management tool, we were able to track our progress. We were able to see what quarters were the best, what quarters were maybe not so, where it maybe it wasn't the best. However, we pivoted this way or we were able to streamline this and that. So for me, it was like, okay, now I see why the investment of a project management tool may not be that bad. But it also then, if you're by yourself, who going to remind you to do the task? That's where your project management tool comes in and be like, hey, remember you set this due date? It's approaching um, where are we at. And so it was like, oh, I did have to file that paperwork or, oh, I did say I wanted to start that project. So it allowed me to streamline things that I honestly would have overlooked because my logic, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So if it's not in ClickUp, it doesn't no. exist because that's Casey's favorite line. I didn't I see it in ClickUp, so I didn't know it was supposed to. It didn't exist. I said I put it everywhere. <laughs> if it's not so on blood. my calendar, it don't happen, just like Cora. And if it is a task that ended up on my calendar, I got to kick myself because it needs to go in ClickUp. <laughs> so, you know, if I am doing like a brain dump in the middle of the day and I am not working out of the project management tool, which is very rarely, I realize like, hey, I'm not tracking this appropriately. It's where I'm going to see it. It's where I'm going to notice and where it's going to remind me. And it makes me say that, hey, this is urgent. It needs my direct attention. But it's like, I still need it in the project management tool to track it and to delegate it also. Because if I log all my resources and all the reference material as I'm working on it, if I need to delegate it, all I had to do is change the assignee. Me. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you something that also trains you as well, because you know how they say if you have like, say, if you clean out your closet and you haven't worn in two years, then you don't need it. Right. So when it comes to work, if you have pushing the, the due date further and further and you're not getting to it, one is either not important or two, it is somewhat important. You don't have the time to do it. So now you need to delegate that to someone. So you, this is where your mind is training your mind to like, well, maybe I need do need someone because that project management tool is going to tell a story. And that goes into incremental outsourcing. This is a lot. This is probably going to be one of our longest podcasts because it's a lot that goes into We said people are stepping into our virtual break room. We go over every single call that we have by an hour minimum. Just putting that out there. These will go over. So when we talk about incremental outsourcing, it doesn't have to start with if you're thinking of hiring a virtual assistant, but you can't afford it, right? There are other things that you can outsource. If there's little things that you know that takes up maybe five hours of your time a month, then maybe that is something that you can outsource that takes you five hours to do and you can hire someone to do that and outsource it to someone. It doesn't have to be anything big. It's like, oh, I need an assistant to do this and do that. Small things at a time, right? And bite sizes. Uh, You don't have to go from 
oh my God, I'm so busy too. Boom, I need that, but I'm not making enough money. So you're not making enough money because you're not hiring someone to help you so that you have more time to make those, get those phone calls or not miss those phone calls or have more coaching calls or coaching classes and, and workshop. You can't have those things if you're really deep in the business and can't come up for breath. So you need to start doing things in bite sizes and outsourcing those little things that someone can do for you. I have a thought. For those who do not know how to delegate, this is how I learned. I wasn't I wasn't too comfortable trusting somebody in my business. However, I started with stuff I did trust them with. So, I needed more time, but I have an amazing 7-year-old who the team knows will pop on all our calls all the time. I outsource support for that because I know <laughs> that if I'm on a call, I'm going to hear feet coming. And it is to the point where like you kind of whisper on the call because you don't want to hear he's coming. So I had to realize like, and delegation was not, you want me to ask for help? No, I'm superwoman. I could do it all. So I had to start with things outside of my business. So we focused on things around the home. If there was time, if I'm not a, I don't cook, sorry to fool all y'all, that is not my lane of genius. I will burn pretty much most of the stuff that I touch. So I had to outsource cooking because that takes time that I don't want to do. I had to out, so I started with the smaller things that I can handle those mistakes, but I could also develop that muscles to have clear acts and clear direction. So it made it easier. So now in my business, I've warmed up to, okay, now that I didn't lost, because at this point, if you didn't see my messy house and a messy kid and messy room, my business, you can't really harm the business all that much. So now it was, I had to start off somewhere small and it allowed, and plus, no offense, sometimes it was cheaper to have a babysitter come for four hours was a, gave me time. He was entertained. I got stuff done. No noise. <laughs> All right. Executed. But sometimes you may not be able to outsource in your business quite yet because you need to actually make money in your business <laughs> to be able to afford. But you can't do both life and business like you. You're going to have to outsource something to gain more time. So that allowed me to develop that muscle so that when it came to the business side, I can now, I could be like, hey, Casey, can I throw this at you? I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. What do I ask for? How do I phrase it? And she'd be like, okay, so that wasn't really that clear. Are you asking this or are you? And I was like, oh, that's probably why they didn't get it. So start with something. If you, if you can't do it in your, Cause there's some, I'm a control freak. I like to know my time is mapped out. So I had to learn how to develop that muscle. And that was for me one way that it made it easier. So then it was easier in the business. It doesn't necessarily have to be in business, but it, it also could be in personal as well. Because at the end of the day, time, and I know time is precious. I know time is precious to me as well. When I first started the agency, yeah, I needed a lot of help because when you work a full-time job and I was starting off with project-based, I couldn't do email management, calendar management. That ain't going to help because I had a nine to five and the CEO that I had to be in his email 
and stuff, right? That didn't work for me. So when I did start getting clients that needed that assistant, then I had to outsource. And that's when I started my my agency really started taking form because now I was able to delegate uh, a lot of things to to the client until I developed into an agency where now my virtual assistants can take on the full client instead of me delegating. So that also helped me with my muscles, strong muscles of delegating because I did it in the beginning. I learned that from my job. You know, I learned the skill from my job and this wasn't something that that came easy. I had to have a mentor. I had to have my supervisor actually do role playing with me on how to delegate. And she does that to us too. Don't, don't. <laughs> we get it all the time. Mm-hmm. FYI, she was also my mentor when I first started my business. She was my coach. So she would be like, okay, so if you had to delegate this out. I don't know. They just, she was like, nope, that's not going to work. What what software are they going to use? I was like, oh, this is too much. Next. <laughs> but I got, I got better. It's not going to come easy to you, especially if you are a control freak. If you're a control freak, it's going to have to take those incremental outsourcing little things and just getting comfortable with that until you really start getting comfortable and exercising that muscle so that now you can delegate more stuff, outsource more things so that you have more time. And once you start getting that and you start getting that power, let me tell you. <laughs> it works. It or she'll just push you off the cliff. She's a bodybuilder at this point. Right. <laughs> it feels so good. That's because she loves delegating. You can become an expert at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes it does you know and there's also those things that if you aren't you don't know what to delegate or you don't know how or you just don't know what it is that someone could help you with I would say that would go right into like the next solution would be cost benefit analysis and really seeing it also ties into project management tools if you look at and research different tools that you can implement into your business that automates your workflows, then if you do that and you compare it, you're, if you can get someone to build that system out for you, it can save you so much time and it can save you money. <laughs> and so if you're not comfortable outsourcing those things, but you know it can be automated, like building a website on a platform that offers CRM management, like to manage your incoming leads, your website traffic, your marketing, your posting, and it can manage all of those things. Think about the stuff that would be off your plate and where you could take the business. So moving on as we close, what is the next thing that we're going to talk about? What are the consequences of not addressing the common concerns such as loss of control, quality, communication, and cost? The consequences is burnout. That That is the number one. (laughs) Most people have burnout because you want to do it. And okay, I'll give you some slack. Maybe you don't want to do it all, but it's also learning. You have to know what your non-negotiables are. Just because the person is a guru, if y'all don't jail well, 
they're not a guru for you. So you got to remember, whoever you're hiring, you're not just hiring them to complete this service. They're in your business. So when it's great, they're going to be your raw rock cheerleader. When it goes bad, they're going to look at you like, mm, guess that was your fault, not me. So you have to, it's a it's an investment, but it's an, not only an investment for your business, but it's an investment. We don't just invest in the business, we invest, we also invest in the business owners. So we're checking up on you to make sure you're good too, because when you're not in the right headspace or when you're sick or when you have a family issue, you this ain't Walmart. That business go right there with you. And if you're remote like us, <laughs> what, you walk out the door and your business stopped because you walked out the door? It, it weighs with you. And so that's the reason why the partnership is, because the whole point is if you're sick, we still got you on the back end. If you had a, God forbid, a death in the family, we still got you on the back end. Your business is not hurting. It's still up and running because you have support. So part of that is trusting and knowing what you're looking for. Exactly. Definitely. That all ties into everything that we talked about above. But also another uh, consequences, again, is the quality issue as well when it comes to customer satisfaction, right? You want your customers or your clients to have the best experience possible. But if you're, like Cora said, burned out, <laughs> tired and overworked and you're not delegating or outsourcing outsourcing the work, your quality of your work is gonna go down. So even you can be as peppy as you want but your body is tired and you on that coaching call, they're going to see it in your eyes, okay? Because you're tired and then you're not going to be able to hear them well or um, work on what they hired you to uh, work on, right? Is to get results in their business or whatever coaching or consulting thing that you're doing. Not only that, as a virtual assistant, if we're burnt out, the quality of services is not going to go well. We're going to just be, we're just going to be just task takers. Like, okay, what you want next? Because we're so tired and we burned out. So this is where the outsourcing comes, comes in. This is why we gel together because everybody have their unique zone of genius. So when you have that unique zone of genius, that person does that well. And it does, and it does it, and they do it fast because they've been doing it for years. They learned the art of doing what they love to do, that it's, it doesn't feel like work. And you don't want to feel like you're working a nine to five job. And then you're working overtime in your business because you're so burned out. And that quality of that that work is going gonna, gonna to also open it up for errors. It's going to open it up for poor outcomes. Uh, your reputation is going to be harmed as well. These are, these are the consequences of not addressing those those concerns in your in your business as far as outsourcing. Should I outsource or shouldn't I outsource? This is 2024. Let's not move into the new year thinking about, oh, well, I can save me a penny and I can do it myself. But then that saving that penny is going to cost you some time because now you don't got time to do anything else, right? Or you don't have time to take another client and things like that. So these are the things that, that will cause some consequences. We're in 2024. There's so many solutions. Mm -hmm. So many. 
the amount of work we can get done at 10 times, 20 times the speed just with the use of AI is insane. The amount of work that we got done this year opposed to the year before is nuts, just like in the second half. Um, we threw this podcast together within a month, maybe a half. <laughs> that wouldn't have happened last year. <laughs> it definitely would not have. So use the tools that you have at your disposal and use the support that you have at your disposal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all, exactly. Also, the financial loss. If your customer is not satisfied, your client is not satisfied, or you're losing money because you don't have enough time because you're focusing on that project. So like us, we have a zone of genius. Casey's in the creative space. Cora's in the technical space and the operations of the backyard. So there was different pieces um, of this launch that each person took over because it wasn't overwhelming because everybody had their own zone of genius. So there was nothing lost from that, right? So finding that 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 person that's going to be your partner um, to outsource to, like I said, a small project or just starting off with just five hours a month or five hours a week or whatever that may look like, right? That is affordable, but I'm telling you, it's going to feel good because even though you're paying someone to do these things where you feel like you can do it yourself, that burnout is real, okay? The not spending time with your family, especially as a single mom, when your son is like, you on the computer again? Ah, oh, I wanted to do movie night and, 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 and you're doing this and you're on the vibe. <laughs> <It's just, laughs> you don't want to hear, hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so work from home. It's lovely. <laughs> those consequences are real. They are real. Working from home, we hear it all day, all day long. But, you know, we also understand that business, especially in the startup phase, it requires the dedication. It requires the commitment. And you're not always going to have that work-life balance starting out. But if you get it set up for success and you learn how to delegate and you start outsourcing that, you get your work-life balance back and your business moves forward because you're allowed to focus and work in your zone of genius while someone else handles the stuff that you don't have to do. Exactamento. <laughs> uh, another thing that I wanted to address also is your business goals. We address our year end. We did our audit. We uh, addressed our um, quarterly goals for 2024 so that we are not burned out and that we're handling projects you know, one thing at a time and how many clients we want to take per quarter. So it's still in alignment with our business goals, right? Um, And not neglecting some of those concerns that can hinder your ability to achieve your business goals. So if you want to continue on and be in alignment with those business goals, this is where the outsourcing comes as well, especially if you're solo, right? And you're doing it all by yourself. And sometimes you can even have a partner and it's a lot because there's a lot of things that come up, you know, even though it's three of us, there's personal things that's come up, you know, last year I had, you know, I was caregiving and then my aunt passed away. And then, you know, we, we have those who get sick, right? COVID still, still around and we just get shot down and things happen. So when you shut down, so perfect example, 
one of our clients got sick and it was him solo. He hired us to do the work, but then he realized he was like, I don't have someone like me to go out there and take care of my clients. So I'm, I lost money because I was sick. So my business was out of commission and I couldn't do anything because of that. So outsourcing and making that decision on where you want to allocate your outsource, what's important, right? It could be admin stuff. It could be another person that you can hire for a few hours to do some of the things that you do um, as well. So it doesn't always have to be administrative, but outsourcing the correct way of where your needs are in your business is important as well. So that was a, a light bulb that went off in his head and say, you know what? I got to allocate this resource to getting somebody that's like me, you know, because remote work, even though it did work out for him, which he was a little hesitant in, in the beginning, um, because, you know, you have people that they still have that old school mentality, like somebody has to be in the office. And then we had to really uh, address some of those fears that he had that we still can do the work. We don't have to be in the office with you. So we proved that with him when we started building a partnership with him as well. But also he also realized when he went out sick that I need to allocate this now to someone that is going to meet my clients in person like I do. Right. So if I'm down, I'm down, but I'm coming back because I know I need your services as well. That goes back into the incremental support. Also, start delegating when you don't feel that you have to. If you have the budget, even if it's a small budget starting out, start delegating and outsourcing sooner than you think you need it. Because if you wait until you think you need it, things will blow up in your face and then nobody will be trained. And then you have no way to trust that person to take on your business. Like you're handing your business over in an emergency, not knowing what those results are, not knowing what they're doing and, you know, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. So if you start small when you don't absolutely need it and you grow into it, when those emergencies happen, someone already knows how to work with you. They know your business they know what you're working on. They know what the expectations are and they're more likely able to take it from there and help us better than what it would be from starting from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Also, you have to consider that they're going to be able to give you feedback because you do it. There's so many different ways to make the number, to add number four. You got two plus two, three, one plus three. So they're going to give you feedback on some of your documentation because what makes sense to you may not make sense to them. So then you're going to realize like, hey, oh, okay, I left out stuff because I know that that is the next step, but they need that next step. And so it kind of helps you, you know, brushing up your your process and bus brushing up your skills. You'll find out, hey, I bought a tool I didn't need because this person knows how to use this tool and it works so much better. You Sometimes you, it's a more of a win situation than you realize because it's helping you find the holes that you're doing it all. You, you can't see your blind spot, but they can. And not only are they seeing your blind spot, but now they're covering that blind spot to help you go to the next level versus now I'm ready to go to the next level and we launch and, oh, I didn't know about that hole. You're, you're not as prepared as you could be. So that is something to also consider. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
I like that you said that, Cora, because that brings us back to the SLPs, right? Where uh, a business owner could have all these things in their head, right? And now they have they take it out of their head and put it on paper and they put the step-by-step guidance on it. But also, this is where the team comes into place now. Somebody else, you handle, even though you may think that it was a perfect um, uh, step-by-step guidance on how to do things, but Apparently you needed help because it took you a long time to get to the end results, right? So by somebody else looking at that process and actually going through that process and may know a little, have a little bit more expertise and how to make things, uh, uh, take out some steps from, from that process and make it easier. And I had to do that a lot at my, at, as working as an administrative assistant where they was like, oh, this is how you do it and all that stuff. And then when I did, I was like, mm, we don't need this. We don't need this. We don't need this. And next thing you know, I had it done in one, two, three. So having somebody else, just like they said that it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a team to have a successful business as well. And this is where the expertise of the team comes in and they take a look at these processes and then whatever skill sets they have or maybe some suggestions that may help like, for example, putting a process in place, putting a, a, a Zapier just to do Zap into doing this instead of you doing it manually, right? Everything doesn't have to be manual. There are tools out there that you can use that it works for you. Um, that That's part of the delegation as well, right? <laughs> um, hiring somebody to do your systems and then now your systems is working for you. So those are some of the things that um, will help you when it comes to the delegation as well. You want to set your business up to leave it. Not that everybody wants to leave and just drop their business, but you want it to be ready for that. Um, That way you're coming back, you're focusing on your zone of genius and you're just working because it's what you love to do because you started a business because it's what you love. And that's the part that you want to and should be focusing on. And that's what's going to continue to move it forward. So you want to be set up to leave it. And systems do that. Exactly, exactly. So let's talk about some of um, success stories and inspirations um, from our business, from our clients, because we talked about delegation. We talked about the, the consequences of, of those. We gave you some tips and some tools also on how, how to do that, but also how we were able, the, our clients came and trusted us and outsourced, right? Our expertise to help them. So some of those inspirational stories that, well, we're going to, we have time for one. <laughs> we'll have more on other podcasts. <laughs> so one of our um, uh, clients was like the quality and loss of control, right? Because they're so overwhelmed with so many things. So that was a, the concern of losing control of what they do or felt that they did perfectly and didn't want to take that and say, oh, okay, now you can do that. Because even when we started working with this person, they still had that fear of letting us like, oh, you can do that. Oh, I can do that. No, we can do that. <laughs> and so having someone there um, on the other end to say, we got the expertise. We know how to use the tool. So just hand it over. Just tell us what we need to do, how you like it, and we'll do it. And then we'll also come back to you, like, again, with some suggestions on how to do it better, right? Um, another thing was him not having the time to attend the trainings, right? There was a tool called Salesforce, right? He didn't have time for that because he had to meet with clients and he had to, you know, get on phone calls and do all these things. 
So we had one uh, assistant that didn't know Salesforce, but they was like, okay, I'm willing to learn and got on those weekly calls, those Salesforce calls and learn the tool. So now he didn't have to worry about that. He didn't even have to be on the training, right? Because guess what? Now we learned it. We set a uh, SOP for it. And if, if any reason that, you know, we part ways, he has that to give to somebody else or he followed the SOP himself, right? So in the beginning, we gave him the, the clear defined scope of how we can help him also. And then he gave us what he, he needed in his business. And then the communication was very important as well. The communication with the weekly check-in or just checking in in Slack or checking in on Zoom, right? Or just checking in on Slack and saying, hey, is everything okay? Do you need anything? It doesn't have to be a phone call. It could just be, I'm checking in on you because I haven't heard from you. You're quiet, right? It's that communication and that checking that and that accountability that we also give our clients to make them feel comfortable so that we can build this relationship and that you can give us more stuff to do so that now you have more time. So after that, that was it. It was like, okay, oh, I'm having this big event. Can you do this? And can you do that? So that power of delegation, he was starting to build that muscle, right? So ladies, I want to talk about the end results that 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 um, happened with, with this client. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. <laughs> um, he was able to delegate those recurring repetitive tasks that he didn't have to be doing, even though he thought he did, just like all business owners think they do because he didn't know where to start. He was able to delegate all of those and focus on his client facing work, which is why he was in business. That's what he wanted to focus on. That's what he was worried about losing control on and what he was worried about the quality dropping. He was able to focus on that and delegate all the things that didn't require that attention. So even though we did address his fears by not necessarily taking on exactly what his fear was, we were able to take on the things that he didn't have to have his hands on to still relieve those fears and still relieve those obstacles. And we were able to enhance operational efficiency by implementing systems and processes in his day to day. Awesome sauce. <laughs> that wasn't too fast. That was the systems talk. So now we're just like. <laughs> so as we are closing and wrapping up this month's topic on overcoming fears and outsourcing to um, virtual assistants, remember that these fears are common and you're not alone in facing them. Please embrace the idea that delegation can lead to business growth and more time for what matter what matters to you. Yes, right. this was a long podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was long. It was long. No. <laughs> so stay tuned for our upcoming episodes where we'll provide practical tips and insights to help you overcome those fears and prepare for delegation. I'm going to drop a valuable free resource in the chat that can help you overcome some of these concerns. So if you don't know where to start or don't know what to delegate, check out our time audit assistant, which is going to be dropped in the chat on Facebook and YouTube. And anybody that's tuning in on Instagram, if I will figure out how to get it over there, well, <laughs> it'll most likely be in the link in the bio. I'll add it after the call. <laughs> well, you also, if you're on Instagram, can uh, put in chaos to control DMs. Or you can DM us. D DM mm. us. Chaos to control. <laughs> and we'll send you the time audit. <laughs> Perfect. And our first episode. Oh, 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 chaos to 
to control. Chaos coordinators, tuning out. Thank you to our fellow chaos coordinators for tuning in to an episode of Chaos to Control with the Power Pro Assistance Team. We look forward to sharing more insights and strategies with you in our future episodes. Until then, stay inspired, stay motivated, and stay in control, one strategy at a time.